The reading today is from First Thessalonians, starting at chapter 2, verses 17, and that can be found on page 1187 of your church Bibles. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of intense loving we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. But what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in all your faith, so that no one could be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labours might have been in vain. But Timothy has just come now to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you, were long, you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters... In all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return, for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and the faith when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of prayer. Thank you for being a God who's so happy when your children come to you in prayer. And thank you for the promise that if we ask anything according to your will, you will answer. So help us as we learn more about prayer through how Paul prays, so that we can also pray with passion. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I haven't got this on screen, but I've looked up um, Oxford Dictionary. So according to Oxford Dictionary, and I'm paraphrasing it here right now, the definition of pray, prayer, praying a prayer. So pray, prayer. Uh, to pray a prayer is to address a solemn request for help or to express thanksgiving to God or to any deity. So if I might ask this question. Just what do we all pray? What do we pray for? 
uh, what, or, or what do we give thanks for? And you know what? I've um, heard from, from a Bible teacher this, this fun fact about car batteries. So you're thinking about those old, older cars, not, not those new electric cars, but older cars still has proper engine and, I mean, sorry, new cars have engines. Old cars with, with uh, proper ignition, proper you know, fuel tank and all that. Okay. Uh, he, he reckons flat battery is probably the one thing that really got people praying. Uh, you're trying to start your car, you, you, all, you, all you hear is, mm, mm. it's just not going anywhere. And, and you can learn to pray for the first time when that happens. <clears throat> and I think God loves flat batteries because um, you know, it had more people learn to pray with flat batteries than any other single issue. You're already late to work. Yes. It's like, oh, come on, the car just won't start. You try it again because you, you waited for a few minutes trying to you know, see if the battery would charge, somehow charge a little bit. You go, <laughs> and the pray, prayer already, you, know, you, you just start to pray really, really hard. And you even got people saying to God, oh, God, just please let the car start. I'll go to church every Sunday. I'll even go to prayer meetings. Uh, so Dave already introduced for us already. Um, we are in the second week of our prayer series. Um, so have you ever wondered, why should we pray for the tens of thousands of those trying to cross the English Channel, seeking refuge? Why should we care for people suffering from war, from disasters, from uh, incurable diseases, or from famine? I mean, because we don't know any of them. Why should we care? But then, would it help you to think differently if I could somehow reel it in a little bit for you uh, to bring those issues closer to us? Uh, so all this things I'm gonna, about to say, uh, it happened to me before. I, I had a colleague told me his story of how he was an illegal immigrant uh, who had no choice but to smuggle himself over days of rough journeys into England just to seek uh, asylum. And so will that change how you feel, how you care if you have a, a friend like that? And somehow his story encourages you to pray for those who are genuinely seeking help, seeking asylum. Or maybe it's your friend who, who lives in Ukraine telling you firsthand about the impact the war had on her family. Would that make you care more for, for what's happening out there and perhaps encourage you to pray more? Uh, so can, can you see what I'm trying to do here? The closer the connections are, the more you naturally care and some of you might have the opportunities to, to, to go on a mission trip before to another place, another country maybe. And when you were abroad, maybe for the first time you got to see lots and lots of idol worship. And maybe you, you witnessed a um, witch doctor doing some uh, scary dark rituals. Or maybe you witnessed a, a demon-possessed person uh, who scared the living daylights out of you. And you got to see all these things firsthand 
the spiritual condition condition out there, and and you just realized how much they need to hear the gospel, and then so you decided that you want to really go for it. You want, you want to share the gospel with them, and by God's grace, maybe some of them come to Christ with you. So praise God! What a joy! And so our passage today gives us a, a taste of of that of what happened with Paul and his his team, his mission team. Um, they, they've been to the Thessalonica city and, and their story, their, their relationship with the Thessalonian believers and how his love for them moves him to pray. So the first point, because Paul really does care, therefore he prays. Um, if you were here three weeks ago, to the morning service, not evening service, sorry. So in, in morning service, we, we have been going through that series of acts, talking about reaching uh, people to the end of the earth. And Tom was speaking uh, on, from, from Acts chapter 17. That's, that's the story of Paul and his mission team uh, journeying to, to Thessalonica and, and spent time reaching people there. Um, so they, they were there for about five weeks doing their usual things, sharing the gospel, engaging people in debates, discussions, and all that. And they led many people to Christ. But things didn't go as they hoped. Persecution came, so they had to flee. But during that little short period of time, five weeks, um, they experienced Holy Spirit working through them they, they had the joy to bring people to Christ. It's such a joy uh, because God, we, we know that people come to Christ not because of what we say or what we do, but because Holy Spirit working in their hearts to, to cause them to listen, to change their hearts so they will come to, to believe, come to faith. Uh, but God loves to involve his children to, to take part, to, be, to involve in this gospel work so in many ways, it was the fruit of Paul and his team's hard labor uh, to, to see those people coming to Christ. And the, the Thessalonian believers, they were like their newborn babies, if you think about it. You share the gospel, they come to Christ. So cool, you got to spend time with them, teaching them about Jesus. But suddenly, Paul and his team were forced to leave because of persecution. They were forced to separate from those spiritual babies only after a few weeks of getting to know them. So chapter 2, verse 17, tells us the kind of frustration the mission team had, being forced to leave those new believers. The feeling was so strong, they used the word orphaned to describe that heart-wrenching yearning to, to see them again. Um, You've got to keep this in mind. Back in those days, there was no internet. There was no mobile phone. There was no emails. So if you want to find out how someone is, it's either through snail mail or you go, actually physically go there to visit that person or you send someone you know, some reliable person to, to go to that destination to find out how this person you want to know about, how, how, how he or she is doing, and wait for, for that person to come back to tell you 
the news. So whichever option you had will take ages, take days before you find out uh, what you want to hear. So clearly, Paul really wanted to be with them, if he could. And he really wanted to know how they were doing. So he prayed. He prayed lots. Uh, chapter 3, verse 10. Night and day we prayed. We pray most earnestly that we may see you again. Verse 11. May God clear the way for us to come to you. But because that opportunity hasn't come yet, that's why in verse 4, chapter 3, the best thing Paul could do at the time was to, to send Timothy to express his care for them. So you see, it was this genuine love Paul had for them that he couldn't help but to act upon it. Not only did he send Timothy to them, but he also wrote this letter to express his joy and, and gratitude to God for their growth, to, to encourage them further. Um, Corinne asked me earlier if I had a photo to show, but actually I don't, I couldn't find it. But I'm gonna tell you the story. Um, I remember the first dog I had, um, a super cute Bosehong. I hope I pronounced that right. Yeah, French speakers, Bosehong. Um, her name was Kuro. Kuro means black in Japanese, because the dog is black, most, most of it black, with two uh, brown dots in between the brows. Really cute. Uh, I was only 12 years old at the time when I had Kuro. And it was crystal clear to me, Kuro was my dog, my responsibility. I had to um, take her out for, for walks, I, I fed her, I played with her, um, and she loved to hide underneath my bed when, when she's got nothing to do, because this marble floor is, is cool. And I was also responsible to mop up the mess she made before she was properly toilet trained. And thankfully, there was marble floor, easy clean. There was no, no carpet involved. Uh, but suddenly, our family was moving to New Zealand and taking Kuro with us wasn't an option. So I had to say goodbye to Kuro, really sadly. Um, it's probably not the best analogy to comparing to Paul's love and concerns for the growth of the Thessalonian believers. But, but Kuro was like my, my, my baby, my first baby. I loved her so much. So, so having missed her for a whole year, I received a photo of Kuro from the new owner on the photo, you can see how, how big and how pretty she has grown. Um, even though I never got to see Kuro ever again, just seeing that photo gave me lots of joy and, and encouragement and comfort, knowing that she was in good care and I don't even have to worry about her anymore. So verse seven, chapter three. Imagine Paul saying, never mind our own hardship, never mind the persecution we are facing. To hear such good news about how you've grown gave us huge encouragement and lots of joy. So Paul wrote this after hearing back their news from, from Timothy. And he wrote this to encourage them. This is a mutual encouragement. In verse 8, for now we really live. Wow. Can you see the love Paul had for them? Just hearing about 
those good news made him come alive. He came alive even before he got an opportunity to finally reunite with them, before he got to see them face to face. Just hearing the good news made him come alive. <clears throat> so when we truly care for someone, we'd want to know all the little details about them, about how they are doing, about how they are not doing so well, about what they are lacking, how, how we could care for them, everything, anything. And therefore, that concern for their growth would drive you and I to pray, just as Paul prayed. Secondly, Paul knows that God cares more than he ever could. Therefore, Paul continues to pray. Yeah. Um, I think just like many of us here, some of you have left home to work, to study. So your parents had to say goodbye to you. And some of you are about to embark on that journey. Um, your parents, they've done all they could, bringing you up the way they think was the best, uh, prepping you to face the world. And now, they are no longer with you, but they know they can continue to daily pray for you if they've been praying for you already, just as uh, they did even before you were away from home, even before you left them. Because they know God loves you more than they ever could. And Paul knows they, they are still young in their faith. They still have lots to learn. And that, they probably, probably have not yet experienced hardship, hardship like Paul and his team experienced. The, the suffering or the persecution. Um, which they actually later experienced. But at the point in time, they probably haven't quite experienced that full amount of opposition yet. And Paul, Paul might have spent the time, he might have the, the opportunity to teach them about the cost, cost of following Jesus and teaching them about how the Lord will never leave them nor forsake them and how they will be helped by the Holy Spirit when the time comes. But that's all he could do really within that little short five weeks of time spending um, that he had with them. And Paul also knew when the time comes when he couldn't be with them, ultimately, their spiritual growth would depend, would depend on their personal relationship with God. Why is that important? You see, Paul made it known clearly in Romans chapter 8 uh, that the Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead is the same Holy Spirit living in us. His power that raised Christ is the same power that works in our lives. So Paul knows it very well that when he prayed for the Thessalonians here in verse 12, that it is the Lord himself who can make their love increase. Not, not Paul, not Paul's teaching, but the Lord himself. And as for you and I, you might have remembered the time when you first came to Christ. You received him as your savior and lord and you were so excited about telling everyone else about your newfound faith about your relationship with jesus and about this new adventure that you you embarked on but when things got hard maybe your family and your friends distanced themselves 
from you. Or maybe your colleagues started to ridicule you at your workplace because of your faith. And you start to get a bit discouraged about that. And you see, if you were on your, your own, if I was on my own, I would have been so discouraged and, and probably given up already because I have very limited amount of love in me. When, when I'm tired, I can't be bothered to love. And when I am uh, emotionally drained, I don't want to love. When I'm upset, I refuse to love. And when I'm cross, which happened a few days ago, must confess, I don't even think about loving anymore. Oh, I was thinking about cursing that person and asking God to punish that person who offended me. You know, that's just, just us. Uh, it's like trying to take water out of your half-filled uh, glass. Eventually, your water is going to run out. If we can't even love our own brothers and sisters in Christ, how can we possibly love those who mistreat us, ridicule us, oppose us, or even persecute us? So if we think about it, following Jesus really is a costly thing to do. But Paul knows that God is love, and he alone can make our love increase. Imagine your, your glass of water, uh, and imagine water from a waterfall pouring down into your glass nonstop. Unlimited supply of, of, of water, and before long, probably two seconds. Your, your glass was full already, and it started to overflow. And then it ov overflows to, to those around you and to everyone else. And Paul says, that's exactly what happened to him and his team. God, God made them to increase in their love so that despite all the hardship, despite all the persecution they, they faced, uh, they are there, they, they are there uh, loving because their love overflew to the Thessalonian believers and for everyone else who, who they yet to uh, approach, including those who don't know Christ yet, including those who persecuted them. So when you know you can love someone who you really don't feel like loving, when you know you do care about the well-being of uh, the homeless person down the road, uh, you really want to do something about to help, help that person. Or, or when you know you do love your neighbor who, who you really don't get along with, you, you find annoying because they always argue so loud, screaming on top of their lungs. And you, but you find out you actually want to love them. Uh, then you can be certain of one thing. It is because of the Holy Spirit working in us to make our love increase. Because it's, it is not our own doing. It's supernatural. It's a miracle that we, we can love. Finally, verse 13. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Wait a minute. When we told that when we uh, received Christ as our Savior and Lord, we were made 
holy and blameless already because Jesus' blood covered all our sins. So, so we, we are in front of God. Uh, we have right standing in front of God. When God sees us, he sees Jesus. So we, we see this holy and blameless. So I think verse 13 is one of those already but not yet verses that we can find in the Bible. Um, we have been justified but not yet glorified. I'll explain that in a little bit. Justified, we have a right standing before God already. But we are still on this earth and we're still bound to our sinful body, sinful nature. And so before the day we finally meet God, meet Jesus, meet our maker, the process of growing to becoming more and more like Jesus is what we call sanctification. So Paul Paul prays that the Lord will strengthen their hearts. He wants us to become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a, in a warped and crooked generation. Then we will shine among them like stars in the sky. Even though we are justified and are on the process of being sanctified, on the day when we are finally glorified, we will give account of, uh, to, to God of the lives we lived. And God will reward each and every one of us according to how we lived our, our earthly life. So, so from, from that perspective, there's no prayer we can pray for others, for each other, more fundamental than this. That God might strengthen their hearts so that they will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father on the last day. Wouldn't you want God to say to you on that day, good and faithful servant, come and share your master's happiness? Let's bow our heads and have a moment of quiet. Asking ourselves, when was the last time you offered up these prayers for the people of God? who do you want to pray for and asking the Lord to help to make their love increase perhaps, perhaps it is ourselves who need God's help to increase our love just imagine how much would our church be transformed if each of us made it a practice to thank God for each other and then to tell each other what it is about them that we thank God for. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for our sins. And by believing in him, we have adopted, we have been adopted as your sons and daughters. Thank you for people like Paul in our lives who continued to pray for us because they love, because they care. Please would you strengthen our hearts so that we can become more and more like Jesus and be blameless and holy in your presence on the day we see you. Help us to reflect your light 
and shine like stars in the, in the sky so that people can see. And please make our love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else because people need your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.